You sound great. Okay, not frozen. Mm-mm. Okay. <laughs> Hello and welcome. I'm your host Jeff. And this is my co-host Ron. How's it going, sir? Hey, hey, what's happening, man? Not much. Welcome, everybody, uh, to the Universe Podcast. Uh, I see you have finally snapped about the rain. Yeah, I had kind of a, a breakdown in uh, after sitting in traffic, creeping along in the in the pouring rain for about two and a half hours yesterday. Oh man, yeah, that's. Yeah. I'm laughing at you, but it's it sucks, but it's still funny to me at the same time. Um, yeah, it's been a bummer, and you would think, you know, with your all-wheel drive Audi, but it's still it's the tires oh, don't help, and everybody else's driving doesn't help. And yeah, well, I've changed the tires since that that time I hydroplane coming back oh. from your place. So those are sport uh, Pilot Sport Cup twos. So they are basically, you know, like no tread and they're narrow they're 265 so i put back the i put the 21s back on the car just because of all this rain so yep. they're pilot sport fours they're fucking great shape they've probably only got a few thousand miles on them like three four thousand miles on them like they're wide they're 285s all-wheel drive yeah you'd think it would be no issue whatsoever and for the most part it is but um yesterday i was on the 710 coming home and there was just standing water in like the the fast lane that's not a great freeway yeah it's not. And yeah, the car totally hydroplane. And like, I found myself like about to, you know, correct. And I was just like, nope, you just got to ride this out. And it like, it was two puddles like consecutively. So the car went over like into the next lane and then like came back closer to the wall. And that's when it was a little bit after that, that, uh, my buddy Zach called cause he was coming home from Hoonigan coming down the 710 and he was just complaining about the rain. He literally just called a bitch about the rain. <laughs> and you know, we're both transplants just like you are. Like we, yeah. This is not why we moved here, man. It's right. like at this point, it's outrageous. Like it has rained. It feels like more days than not since like the middle of December. So since yeah, the holidays, it like, it. like it's just been like rain, like torrential rain, like every two or three days. So he yeah. he called me to complain about the rain. And I was like, yeah, dude, like I hydroplane like on the 710, like around Anaheim. And he was just like getting to that exit right then. And he was just like, oh, shit. He was like, there's like an accident. He was like, oh, yeah, it looks like, you know like a pilot, like a bunch of cars, like maybe one spun out. Like it looks ugly. And I was just like, Jeez. yeah, dude, we're, we're literally not built for this. Not the people of Southern California, the drivers or the roads. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. It's crazy out there. Um, I, I think we're going to need a little bit of a break, but, uh, who knows? We'll see what's going on. Um, so I, I've written some stuff out. I actually have some stuff to talk about this week. Um, to make this maybe a potentially entertaining podcast <laughs> with some car knowledge for people who listen. Um, it was funny before this, I was listening to uh, the session with Christian James Hans. So was I. And yep. in the very beginning of it, he said, he said, when can I come on your podcast? And he like, he started fake talking about um, off-road stuff. He's like, the transfer case goes into the, this and the, that he's like, see, I can come on. And I was, and I was dying laughing. It was funny. Shit. Oh man. I missed that. I didn't, I wasn't the, paying attention to the commentary and I was yeah. having, I was having technical difficulties. So I left for a while, but yes, yeah, so, so did I. Funny. I, I, I didn't come back till the end of the Michael Jackson stuff. He was yeah. doing. Yeah. Um, so in car news, uh, first one up is actually an Audi thing. Did you see that new e-tron? No. So it's it's a version of the RS e-tron GT, and the the full name of this car is the Audi RS e-tron GT Project underscore three one five dash two. Jesus Christ, that's worse than Hellcat Challenger SRT yeah. fucking jailbreak. <laughs> yeah, the 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 this is basically they're offering up a limited edition e-tron that gets the livery from the prototype. Okay. So they're and they're painting it. It's it's paint. It looks like and it's crazy. Um, they're only doing seventy five of them. The name comes from that was Audi's internal code name for the car during development. So that's what, why. It what is, is it again? What is it? That RS Etron GT Project three one five slash two. Project. That's how we're gonna get there. So project. <laughs> Sorry. Go ahead. I'm just looking this up. It um. It's got like it's the first time Audi's ever put red rings on an Audi car, which is kind of interesting. 
um, you know, random little factoid there. But it, man, get the fuck out of here! This shit is silly as fuck. Guess how much they're charging for it? Uh, I imagine it's a. All right, it says only seventy five units, so I'm imagining it's got a fifty thousand dollar markup. So I'm sure that puts it over like two ten something like that. Uh, your markup's not bad, uh, considering the base price is one forty something for an RSE Tron. It's one eighty two before any options or anything. Yeah, okay. I don't, know, I don't even know what kind of options you can put at on it because they they give it the rear wheel steering, they give it carbon fiber roof. You know, they give it um all the they give it all the options basically. It's got um, a bunch of cool red shit in the interior. At least I think it's cool. Like I love red right. interiors and red interior lot. accents. But the, yeah, this is a lot, bro. It's like dazzle print. It's like futuristic dazzle print on the outside, yeah. and that's paint. I think it's paint. I mean, it kind of rivals the. Uh, did you see the uh, AMG GT Black Series? Uh, like I think it's like F1 edition, but like or edition one. It's like the uh, the GT that like celebrates the project one fucking car. It's like, oh, like you had you to get, you had, if you, you had to buy, buy that car. Yeah. 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 You had to buy one to get the other. And, um, it's got like oh. a, a fade paint of like, uh, Mercedes. Car. Well, it's like the, the tri-star emblems. Like it's got that yeah. like faded from like black to silver or vice versa. Yeah. And it's like, I'm supposedly that's painted too, which is fucking nuts. So um, I don't know. This I isn't know. particularly attractive, but it's kind of cool. You know what that car cost though the, the black series um, or the, the yeah yeah the um the amg blah 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 uh, i'm looking at it i'm right sure now. that's like a three four hundred thousand dollar car because it was super it's, limited too <clears throat> i just saw a price and i want to make sure it's correct um where the hell is it uh i guess it was a fifty thousand pound premium or sixty thousand pound premium over the regular car so yeah it was I'm sure it was a lot. Um, and you, you can only buy it if you're one of the 275 people to buy the AMG one. So you couldn't even just buy right. it. You had to, yeah. Right. And imagine, I think I made a joke about this when that car came out. Cause imagine buying the AMG one and talking to a friend who also bought one. They're like, Oh, did you get the other, you know, the AMG GT? You'd be like, no. They'd be like, what the fuck's wrong? <laughs> with it? Yeah. 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 Um, so that thing's kind of crazy looking. Mm -hmm. Um, now, in more normal car news, sort of, um, sort of. Paul, one of, you know how Paul Newman is famous for modifying those Volvo wagons back in the day? Yeah, and he, he did one for Letterman. They were they had supercharged yeah. uh, yep. Mustang 302s. They had, uh, I think they had Kenny Bell blowers, like root-style blowers correct. on them. Um, he didn't just do that one, though. He's, he did a couple other Volvo wagons over the day. Uh, he has a, One of his Volvo wagons is, is on Bring a Trailer right now. Fuck. Um, and it's one with a Grand National engine. Oh, really? That's sick. Yeah. I never heard of that. Five-speed source from a Firebird. Car has 76,000 miles on it. And there's there's about... By the time this goes to air, there'll be a day left because there's like a little... There's a, less than two days now. What do you think that is sitting at on Bring a Trailer with... Call it a day left. A day left. Um, I'm going to say that's probably in like the fifty dollars to $60,000 range right now. Twenty-six. Really? Yeah. Hmm. Who yeah. built that car? Did, did um, that someone someone mentions who built it in the in the someone's like, oh, so and so built that. Car. You know, like everybody bring a trailer knows everything. Right. So the the answers are in there. But I thought it was interesting because it's like gray. It has what looks like Volvo's version of Pentastars. They call it like the Gemini wheels or something like that. Um, is it is it the like? I don't remember the model names, but is it like the lower slung, like wider version, or like the tall, skinny, like early eighties version? I think I don't it's, know if it's like 240 or no, know. it's really the one like after that. And I think it's the one yeah. after that. Like it's not curvy yet, but it's not that one. Does that make sense? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Cause they got curvier when it hit like the more T5 modern, R years. V60, maybe. This oh yeah. 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 No, no, not that. Not that. I'm talking about like before the like T5R era, like the like mid to late eighties, like were compared to the early eighties cars. They were, lower wider yeah boxier it's, it's, that. it's that yeah 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 that, the, the, the same model that uh that had the v8s that uh that i think he, so yeah did for letterman i think so, I, never, yeah. I never knew about the the turbo six power car that's sick either did i uh and the plate on it is has newman's which is cool and and you know it's dope um i i wonder what that's going to finish at because it's not going to stay in the 20s i can't imagine i mean is it um, in good shape does it look like legit yeah like, it says that like, it said there's like 
uh, a small oil leak from somewhere, but that's not a big deal. Um, the interior looks nice. The outside looks nice. Uh, you know, I, I would buy that all day long in the twenties and I I'd be a buyer in the thirties. If I had the money, that seems like a pretty sweet car. Yeah, totally. Um, now switching to the other end of insanity, uh, Lamborghini has started to share its Aventador replacement mm -hmm. and it's going to be a V12 plug-in hybrid. Yes. <clears throat> Have you seen the pictures of the chassis? Yes, I saw like a video of like Lamborghini engineer or maybe like the CEO, like basically it wasn't a deep dive, but it was basically just like a, uh, an introduction to the chassis and the drivetrain. And yeah. um, it looks pretty fucking sick. It's a clean sheet V12, right? It's not, it has nothing to do with the Colombo V12 or whatever the, the shit that they've been using for fucking 50 years. Like it's a, that's a good pretty question. Sure, pretty sure I it's don't an all new that. V12. I wouldn't be surprised. I know it's six and a half liters. So, cause the other one's six. Where's <clears throat> the current event? I don't even remember. Anymore. For a long time, they were six liters, but yeah, with all the special editions, I don't know either. Yeah. Um, all I know is that the combined output they're speculating is a thousand horsepower, right? <laughs> which is sick. But the crazy thing with the chassis is, um, you know, it's carbon fiber monocoque, which the Aventador already is, but now they're replacing the front portion of the frame with carbon fiber as well. Then there's a lot more carbon fiber reinforced plastics to replace aluminum. And then where the engine's going to sit, because it's going to sit in the same place, it, they still have to use aluminum back there, but it's hollow cast aluminum to save weight. And then it also integrates the mounting points for the suspension, um, like r right around the engine. I mean, it sounds like it's, it's fucking crazy. Like it's going to be, it's probably going to weigh less than the, uh, well, I don't know if it's going to weigh less once all the batteries and shit are in it, but it's, it sounds like it's not going to wind up with a massive weight penalty sure. compared to the Aventador. And that's crazy because it's going to have so much more power. Starting starting point, a thousand horsepower. Like, you know, we'll probably yeah. get up to like 1500 or more with all the special editions, you know, over the, the course of its lifetime. Maybe we'll get that's back awesome. to the era of uh, like, you remember when the Countach was like taking out rich guys and stuff? Like Maybe, <laughs> maybe the Aventador will be a return but, to like, the insanity. The Widowmaker? <laughs> Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Uh, that's all I got on the, on the news front of this. Any, any news in your world, uh, automotive related that that's popped up this past week? I'm getting ready to go out of town for, for a work trip. And I've been like super focused on like my presentation, like all the shit that I need to do in order to, to get ready for that. So like, I haven't been, I feel like I've been out of the loop this week. Like I just have not been paying attention and I don't know if there's just not enough going on or if I'm just not, uh, not in the loop, but, uh, yeah, not, not a whole lot, uh, trying to think was like, when do, do we talk last week? We did. Yeah. 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 Believe it or so, not, this is going to be I mean, two weeks in a row. Right. Ra yeah. Ra yeah. Racing season is fucking in full swing, which, uh, oh, you know, is cool, but like, but yeah, I mean, you know, like the, the NASCAR race in Phoenix last week, the NASCAR race in, um, in Fontana were both pretty uneventful. I mean, I don't want to say uneventful. That's not really true. Like it was a last lap victory in, uh, in Phoenix, but, um, okay. I don't know that I, I just, I sped through the race. Like I, I recorded the races and I caught up and watched them later and like I sp spread through them because sped through them, excuse me, because they're just the, the kind of tracks where drivers can get ahead and get a lead and like, it's really hard to catch, but, um, mm in the case of the Phoenix race, like Kyle Larson, like pretty much dominated. He and his teammate, William Byron looked like they were going to dominate. And like, uh, Kyle Larson had it locked up with like five laps to go. And there was a caution and they have going to two different fucking overtime starts, restarts. And, um, fuck, I don't even remember who won, but it, it came down to a last lap fucking sprint, like uh, a two lap sprint. And it was, it was exciting, but, um, I don't know. It's just those, those kind of tracks don't really do it for me. So, I don't and this know, is looking, it for Fontana, right? That was it. Yeah, yeah. Fontana, they so they're building, they're tearing down the super speedway. It's a two mile super speedway as it is, or speedway. I think they reserve super speedway for Daytona and Talladega, but it's a two mile speedway, which is would make it like the third longest track on the on the circuit. That and Michigan and Texas and maybe Atlanta are like close to two Texas, miles. Oh, size wise, okay. Yeah, yeah, and um, 
yeah, they're they're basically tearing it down and making it a short track, and it'll be a NASCAR short track. But like Penske used to own that track, and I think he opened it, so I don't know if they sold to NASCAR or who they sold to. But basically, they're going to make it a short track, and it'll be a NASCAR track, but it'll be more of like a regional like uh, oh, host because you know there's there are NASCAR West regional um, series, and it'll yeah. be more of a home for them. It'll be something I imagine larger than Irwindale, mm-hmm. and it'll they they say maybe the cup series maybe the big boys will uh will come back and race there but um you know i just i don't i don't know how that's going to play out i don't know if california would really support a short, a short track like that but they're uh yeah they're the track as we know it is done like i think they were supposed to start demolition like as early as last week like the week after uh the race so wow. uh yeah that'll be interesting but i mean to be completely honest like i've been to a bunch of races at fontana and like it's boring as fuck like it's (laughs) it's so easy for a guy to just pull out to like an insurmountable lead and like unless there's a a late crash or caution that bunches the field up like it's just not great racing like Hmm. you know the laps of field a couple times like it just it gets just completely like blown out like there it's not very competitive Well, that's a bummer. Um, yeah, I was gonna. I wanted to bring up um, F one because I know you're a fan. Um, what did you think of the uh, first race? First race was pretty much what everybody expected. Like Ferrari's woes continue. Like, uh, <laughs> like they're just they can't get their shit together. And then they they uh, it was announced that they have a penalty, um, yep. like a huge fucking penalty because I think they changed out like the electronics. Um, like like for the for the uh, hybrid drive system like the okay. the control unit for that and I, that's just a huge penalty i think you're allowed two for the season or some shit like that right, and they uh, found it already yeah like there's something weird about it like i haven't really read into it to be completely honest but that was just announced i think yesterday but um it's like fuck one race and like you know one car retired and then they just like they have this huge fucking penalty so it's like getting rid of bonatti their team principal like is not really you know, turn the tides in their favor. So they're still fucking up. Mercedes is still like middle of the pack, fucking Alonzo. Um, what I, one thing I thought was interesting is that, uh, everybody's joking that basically Aston Martin copied, uh, the Red Bull uh, design, like their aero Mm. package. So it was no surprise that Alonzo was on the podium in what everybody calls like the third or the fourth, uh, Red Bull. So, yeah, fucking Red Bull's going to continue to dominate this year. You know, it'll be everything that Mercedes can do to be competitive. And, you know, uh, Ferrari, they're going to be hit or miss. So it'll be interesting. But, I mean, I feel like this season, like the stage is set for this season to be just like last season. But uh, who knows, man? It'll be fun. The American guy didn't do shit, right? Nah. Logan Sargent <laughs> didn't do shit. What an American name. Logan, Logan Sargent. Reporting for <laughs> F1 duty. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's funny. I didn't get the joke earlier when I saw all the memes after the race because I didn't really pay attention because I don't really care about modern F1. But um, on the podium, I saw them. They're like, who is this? Someone was like, it's good to see three Red Bull drivers up here. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And then I also saw another thing where uh, after the announcement, it was like Ferrari managed to find a way to lose two races after one race, (laughs) Uh, (laughs) which is also fantastic. They're facing like a 10 place grid penalty going into Saudi Arabia. (laughs) It's like it's amazing. We haven't we haven't even got to the track yet and we're already down 10 places. Fucking A, it's awesome. Um, now, one thing I know you were paying attention to because you sent me a text about it. Um, a certain show premiered last You got night. some news. Yeah, buddy. Uh, Super Turbo Storytime. Hell yeah. Finally, finally premiered on Motor Trend. Um, Congrats on that, man. Thank you. I think you can watch it for free on certain... There's, certain, there's ways to watch it for free on TV. Yeah. Um, or you can just sign up for the app and, you know, or if you have it on... Whatever it's my episode uh, originally was going to be the season or the season premiere, but we got pushed to episode two. But they did. But they released two episodes. They released two, so it was on premiere night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Originally, we were going to be like one though, which would have been sick. But I think they wanted a bigger name. (laughs) Um, And I've been getting some texts that people really like it. I went to a premiere party for it on TFTI. uh, Was it Monday night? 
Yeah, you did. TFTI. 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 Thanks for the invite. Oh, this one wasn't a plus one situation. I'm sorry. I didn't know what that meant. I'm not hip <laughs> really? to it. Yeah, I, did, I didn't get that one. No. Um, if you know, you don't know. Um, <laughs> drove the Jag to the yeah. to the event because I need to burn off some of that fuel before I go get it smogged. I'm sure um, that was a hit. It drove fine. Yeah. Wait, the, why do you need to burn off fuel? I've, I've never heard that. Because I want to put lower octane fuel in it still. Oh, okay. Um, gotcha. Gotcha. That's the one that's supposed to burn cleaner. Um, yeah, I was at the motoring club at their new location, which was cool. They had some nice cars there. Um, the good is that people. Culver City, where is that? No, it's it's now it's in um it's like right off the 10, so it's further north. Which well, Culver City's with, right off the 10, bro. Um oh, I guess this is like on the border of uh would that be Venice or no? It I don't used know, man. To be it feels like way in Venice proper or Marina del Rey. It feels much farther than the other location that's all i know um but either way it's a cool spot and uh there's you know a lot of people there which was good to see um the dude who's in charge of motor trend remembered me he's like oh hey jeff good to see you i was like okay wait who's in charge of motor trend uh his name's alex wellen he's like the boss of motor trend interesting uh and then uh amelia hartford was there uh the comedian paul share was there him and I saw Amelia that did, yeah. did like a live read. Yeah, there's some other people I didn't recognize that other people knew. Oh, Dai Yoshihara was there, which was cool. Yep. Uh, hanging out, chatting with Jared Deanda. Um, so it was good. There's my buddy there. Victor Creo. Yeah, Victor was there. Um, uh, Bart, one of my buddies, Bart, who's a producer of Motor Trend, was there. A bunch of people were there. So it was all good. Good people, good times. Um, Fuck all y'all. Yeah. <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. And then it bounced. Um, so the show's out and uh, people like it and hopefully it does well and there's another season. Because um, I've had, I had a few people who I won't name their names who are involved with the production of it. Maybe they said my episode was their favorite episode. So I'll just leave it at that. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I commended you. Yes, you did. I text, Thank you. Texted you with high praise. It's not just because you uh, let me join you here every week. I actually enjoyed <laughs> it. I thought you did a great job. Thank you. Um, Jared, I love you, but uh, the fact that you got fact, fact checked three times in like the first five minutes of your episode was just like, what? Like, like did you read the script? Did you did you prepare? Yeah, he, I mean, yeah, they gave us the subject. It was fun. It was entertaining. Don't get me wrong. Um, it, I, I thought it was fun when we had the conversation, but then when I saw the cut of it um, with the animation, I thought the animation just takes it to a different level. The animation was really Totally, cool. totally. That story, like I've never heard of that fucking vehicle. I don't want to give anything away. People go watch, but I'd never heard of that vehicle that uh, you uh, told us about, and uh, yeah. that was fascinating, man. Yeah, no, you can say it. I mean, the episode's out, and maybe it'll get people to want to go watch it. It was about this thing from the '30s called the Snow Cruiser that they built to go to Antarctica, and it was fucking terrible. And and so it made for the, the animators told me it was really they really appreciated that I did some random voices because it made their yeah like, yeah oh, cool. yeah like, exactly easier yeah. to draw that. So it was fun. Um, I you guys knew fun. going into it that there was going to be the animated component, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, so they so told you, us, you know, you definitely played into that very well. Both of you guys, they gave us a heads up to do that. So that was good. Yeah. I'm sure, you know, it's easier. Eh, I won't say just watch the rest of it. Um, yeah. that's all I'll say. Um, and there's a lot of good stories and a lot of good people to come up. Johnny and Kristen Lee have an episode. David Freiberger and Brian loans have a great episode. Brian's an amazing Ooh, storyteller. Yeah, so I absolutely. really want to see that one. Um, Colton Dunn was in the first one. He's an actor. I don't know who that um, is. Uh, Amelia Hartford is in another one. Um, I'm trying to think who. I mean, there's a bunch of there's a bunch of Zoe Bell, who's an amazing stunt driver. She's in one. She was in like the movie Death Proof and stuff like that. Oh, nice. So yeah, there's some cool shit. Um, so go watch it if you are able. I'd appreciate it. Um, now in our own cars world, any anything happening on your end, car wise? uh let me see no i'm getting pressured to uh to get the k10 out of the shitbox speakeasy actually fucking work on that and get it out and um now that it's warming up and i feel like it's a much more hospitable environment to work in i am more motivated to do that i would like to make room for that to bring the lincoln into the shitbox speakeasy i think uh i think i've hatched the plan like i've wavered on this for years and years and years like 
do I, do I just rebuild the, the stock motor in the Lincoln? Do I do a motor swap? And I think I'm going to do a Godzilla swap, the big, like 7.3 liter. Yeah. V8, um, out of like the Ford super duty trucks. Yeah. There's a, there's a shop called Godzilla garage. And I think they're in Canada because they're, they list their prices in Canadian dollars and like they sell basically That's a, a good a, hint. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I didn't realize that until like, I like started like really deep diving and looking into this. So they like, it's an aggressive name for what are probably very friendly people. Oh you yeah, exactly. Exactly. Oh, exactly. Exactly. Let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> so it like, they sell basically a takeout engine trans package. And I think they probably have like an ECU and like, you know, whatever associated electronics. I think that's included as well. I'm not certain though, but uh, basically they sell that package for something like 9200 canadian and it works out to like six thousand something dollars us and like even with shipping like i imagine i can get you know get that shit freighted in for uh for a decent amount even if it's a thousand bucks like right you know if i'm in it like 75 eight eight thousand dollars like i just think that's uh, a reliable torquey like it's an appropriate drivetrain i i assume it comes with the 10 speed i don't remember but um i feel like that'd be like torquey enough and modern enough to be reliable get decent fuel mileage and like allow me to enjoy that car like fully without smelling like gas without worrying about you know breaking down and like some obsolete part having to get you know found somewhere remote america to get me back on the road like i just i don't look forward to that like I, i'd love for the car to look stock on the outside and have reliable power plant like it doesn't need to be a super hot rod but just have v8 sounds and like get out of its own way and like have decent brakes and you know just uh make it something that's a, a fun comfortable cruiser so that'd be awesome that's what I'm leaning towards. So I'm mo I'm more motivated to get rid of the C10, a K10, get uh, get the Mustang back on the road. I've uh, truthfully I've been waiting for Sam to get rid of this FJ40 that he's got in the spot because it's blocking me, like it's blocking my spot. So I can't pull the Mustang out. I have to move it. It starts, runs, and drives. It sold on Bring a Trailer last year. <coughs> Excuse me, last month. But the fucking buyer flaked. And didn't come through and just fucking ghosted him when it was time to, uh, to pay up. So that's, that's, uh, that's a saga and it just sucks for, for that deal. But, um, I think it's going to relist at the end of the month and, um, hopefully it'll, uh, it'll move. But, um, yeah, it's just unfortunate. And, you know, it's kind of just like delayed me and my enthusiasm. I'm just like, oh, fuck it. It's cold and raining anyway. I don't want to go over there. So once that's out of the way, then I'll be much more, I don't know, enthusiastic about working on my own shit and um, making some moves here. Nice. Oh, that will be cool. We talked about this a long time ago, but uh, I'm pretty certain that I'm going to sell the Audi in the spring. Right. And I really want, want to get my sl hopefully a, a silver arrow so i'm just right. like i keep seeing those cars pop up and the values are not decreasing and like you know the there's still not a humongous premium for right. uh the silver arrow but um it's just i feel like it just it has to be a silver arrow so it's like before those things really explode like i've seen some for forty, sixty thousand dollars, but i mean they're like no mile cars and that's not what i'm yeah. interested in anyway no. so you want a driver yeah yeah, I uh, I don't have any any news to report, but I've got motivation and a plan. So yeah, that's there you go. That's where I'm at. Awesome. Uh, yeah, as I said a second ago, uh, probably taking the jag in to get smog this week. I just wanted to burn off some of that fuel. Um, drove it uh, to and from LA, no problems. So it was good to go there. Though when I got into it to leave the party, uh, my dash lights weren't working, which never happened. And then halfway through the drive home, they just came on. So. <laughs> uh that's good stuff um i am waiting for the montero check engine light to go away i've put about 35 miles on it since and they say you know for an obd1 you could be 50 to 100 miles for it to clear itself so we'll see what happens um if not if that doesn't happen i'm gonna look at the wiring that goes into the sensor i replaced to see if that's just sh shitty wiring at this point um but otherwise otherwise it's driving fine so that's good at least um, and then I am going to pull up our Instagram questions because we got a decent amount of those. Okay. Uh, okay, let's see here. Come on, baby. Um, all right. First one, I'm going to go from the bottom because that's really the first one. 
Let's see. Sean Keeley, worst dealership experience. Um, I don't have a lot of dealership experience because I haven't really bought and per- bought and Jesus Christ. I haven't purchased new cars, <laughs> but, but we did have an experience years ago when my wife, I convinced her to buy a, a then a, a kid I worked with was selling um, his 1999 and a half Audi. It was like a B5 1.8 T. I was like, oh my God, this could be amazing. It's like a luxury car, you know, and we bought it and it ran fine for a while. And then all of a sudden it went to shit. Like the wastegate blew off the turbo, lodged itself in the cat. I'm like this car's fucked. It's going to cost so much to fix. And it's my wife's car. Um, I think she was still my girlfriend then. And were we, no, we weren't married yet. Um, and so, uh, we took it to the local Scion dealership to see if we could look at like the TC and the pricing was just bad. And, um, we were going to be upside down in the car. I was like, man, fuck. I'm like, we need to get out of this though. Cause all they did was they hopped in, they turned it on and turned it off. They didn't test drive it. I'm like, they don't know how broken it is. <laughs> we need to fucking make this deal happen. <laughs> so then we found a used Altima on the lot mm-hmm. and the price worked even though we were upside down and, but we were at that dealership for like six hours, which is, mm. they just wear you down. But we left with a working Altima that barely gave us trouble the entire time we owned it. And we somehow got out of the Audi because they didn't drive it. They just thought like, Oh, okay. And, and we're like, bye. Um, and I don't feel bad doing that to the dealership. <laughs> um, but otherwise like I've, I've personally never purchased a car at a dealership. I've never purchased a new car for myself. When we got my wife's CX-5, I got that Mazda friends and family deal on it. So mm-hmm. I think the dealership knew that like a, a journalist was coming in or something. Sure. Because we got it like the, and it was the easiest dealership experience I've ever had. <laughs> That's the thing, man. It's like, if they, if a dealer, if a salesperson doesn't smell blood in the water, if you come in like knowledgeable and like, you know, either connected or referred by somebody like that's been my experience is like every car that I've bought new, I've been basically a friend of like, you know, somebody that somebody at the dealership either respects, fears or loves. So, so, I mean, it's one of those like three. So it's like just no bullshit, but like I've helped other people shop for cars. Like recently I went with a friend to shop for like Mercedes SUVs, like fucking uh GLE and GLCs, right? Mm-hmm. And we ran the gamut from like the GLC 350 or whatever to GL GLE 53 coupe. Sure. And I'm just like you know, I I just lay back like I you know, I'm not like they weren't high pressure, the sales staff wasn't high pressure to begin with. And yeah. I think my friend had dealt with this one salesperson before like months before. Yep. And they were they were cool at first, but then it became like, oh, like there's a ten thousand dollar ADM on all AMGs, and I'm just like, you oh. don't you don't need an AMG, like you don't like none of this yeah. is applicable to you in your driving style and how you're going to use this car. Like, sure, it looks sexy, but just get a regular fucking GLE, like yeah, fuck, fuck this AMG shit. Like, so right. you'll save like twelve thousand dollars without the AMG package. You'll save another ten thousand dollars on the ADM, and so like. The dealer's looking at me like, you motherfucker, what the fuck are you doing? You fucking up my sale. And it's like, right, it's like the last week of the year. And I'm just like, no, oh. man, like, you don't need this. And I'm like showing comps from Audi and, and BMW. And I'm just like, you you asked me to come here to prevent you from getting screwed over and getting taken right. advantage of. So that's what I'm going to do. And like, I don't care about this salesperson. Like, no, you know, like, down. like. You know, they're not going to fucking retire off of you. They're not going to get their fucking Christmas bonus off, off one one fucking sale. But right. also, it was like, it was really disappointing. Like, I'm not going to name names, but it was just like, this is a Mercedes dealer? This feels like you a can, fucking... Dude. This feels you like a... No, but I, I mean, there's no... We might save there. somebody a trip. I don't even remember the dealership, honestly. Okay. But, um, you know, I connected my friend with my friend at Audi Beverly Hills, like I will plug somebody that I know fucking, you know, takes care of people because we bought several cars from Audi Beverly Hills. Uh, Michael Tesh there is like the GM. He used to be the fleet manager. And like, you know, he went out of his way to like match and beat deals and like find the right car. Like, you know, I've got this, but I could trade for this. Like, you know, that's the kind of relationship 
and dealer experience that I'm accustomed to. So I don't really have any bad experiences myself. Um, but yeah, it's just like, you know, it's, it's especially shitty and disgusting when, you know, salespeople, male salespeople try to try and take advantage of women and try and try and upsell and like pretend like, you know, you can't separate one package from another. And like, this is only available here. And like, if you like this feature, then you've got to, you've got to ante up to this. And like, you know, if you're not ante up motherfucker, it's Christmas. I don't want, I don't want to say we are experts, but I mean, yeah. I, I, I mean, say that about myself. New new cars, but I mean, you know, we're knowledgeable and like, you know, we yeah. also know the hustle. I wouldn't right? get jerked around at a deal if I was going to buy a right. new car. Right. That's what I I'm saying. Get, but you like hustle a hustler, baby. Exactly. Never shoot a shitter. But, <laughs> but you know, like as a as a buyer, as a retail buyer, if you're looking for a new car, do your fucking research. Like yeah. understand There's what so much out there you could go to a site like kelly blue book a right. site like auto trader <laughs> yeah like do your fucking research yourself and like understand like what options are available and what's what you really want like if you go in and you have an idea of what you want it you'll be less overwhelmed by what they have on the floor and what they try and talk you into because people just you know they'll like you won't you don't want to believe that the guy is standing five feet away from you is lying to you and telling yeah, you telling you something that's not true that's going to cost you way more than you want to spend but that like you said that is his job right going in with knowledge is like the scene in scarface when he sees the world is mine flashing right the world is mine part is your knowledge and just stand there when you can impress upon a salesperson that you know more than than they anticipated then you have the upper hand and they realize all right now i've got to impress this person with my service and my knowledge of my own product and like really try and find them the right fit not just fucking upsell them and trick them into buying something that not necessarily that they can't afford but that they don't need and that they'll never make use of right 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 right. and i'm i'm i am not trying to say that all car salespeople are bad. I know that's not Mm-mm. the case. Mm-mm. I know it's hard for you to be a good one in that mm-hmm. field. Mm-hmm. As someone who tried to make it work in the mortgage industry as a truthful mortgage <laughs> broker, and I was terrible at it because mm-hmm. of that. Um, I know it's hard for you out there for all you good car salesmen. So but they, are, worry, right? they, they are out there. That's what I'm saying. Like, you know, it's they like, are. and once you find like somebody that's really on your side and like really tries to make the, best deal for you stick with them like and they're all uh i don't have loyalty i'm just kidding kidding. just kidding i don't have loyalty to brands but i have loyalty to people in the in the car world like i know like my my guys in in sales and fleet sales like i know they'll take care of me wherever they they are because i mean it's an incestual business like you know they go from fucking audi to bmw mercedes fucking you know in one year even Hmm. you know there's a lot of turnover yeah uh, next question from Sinway Xavier, who is an amazing uh, photographer, cinematographer you should follow on Instagram. Wouldn't it be nice if people base their personality on more than the car they own? Yes. Um, then we wouldn't have the Tesla people and the BMW <laughs> the people. The BMW guys. That's, I feel like that's he had BMW um, guys in mind with that. Yes, I agree with you. Um, I think there are situations where a car can influence your personality in potentially good ways. Like, um, I like to get outdoors and camp more since I have my Montero, though I partially bought it so I could do that. But it it was like a a double relationship. Um, So I think there are small examples where it's good, but the majority of it, 100% spot on. It's Marco Polo. When When shopping, when does depreciation become a deal breaker? As someone who doesn't buy new... I don't give a shit about depreciation. Yeah. I look yeah. forward to it because yeah. <laughs> that's how we're able to buy shit. Um, but if I was buying new, like if I was, if I was in the market and I was buying um, a new Land Rover Defender, you know, I, I, I would just want it and I would get it and I wouldn't care about depreciation. Um, but I would probably hold on to it longer than the average person who buys it and, and depreciation is a factor for them. So it's a hard question for me to answer um, because I don't see it. It's not even something that enters my mind as a deal breaker. I uh, definitely. That dude Pacha, oh, 
I was just gonna no, say, go I, 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 I definitely factor depreciation into any car purchase that I make. Like, mm-hmm. you know, whether it's whether it's a new car or a used car, like you know, I try and buy shit that I know is gonna have inherent value and it's not just gonna tank. And you know, best case scenario, like my Tahoe, like I made a few thousand dollars even after putting twenty thousand miles, twenty three thousand miles on it, and really not investing anything. Like, you know, I got more than what I expected out of it but i went to, went into it knowing that that was my goal is not yeah, not okay. to lose my ass not to have a depreciating asset and like that's why i'm super hesitant to buy new cars like i you know i would my lifestyle would have to be tremendously different for me to be shopping for a hundred thousand dollar new car right and you know it would have to be a very special car because i'd be so worried about taking that that hit like you know i would never buy a fucking maserati i would never buy an amg for for a 10 or twenty thousand dollar markup like you know that that shit is just outrageous and i mean things yeah. things are coming back down to earth now but like there's still like adms just because of the scarcity of some of these cars and the fact that like dealerships can't get allocation so like I don't know, man, like, you know, some special cars are worth it, but, um, you gotta, I don't know, man, you gotta, you, again, you gotta do your research and you gotta know like what is special and what's going to hold its value. Like, I'm not just going to buy it. I'm not going to buy it. I'm not gonna, yeah, exactly. I'm not going to buy a fucking Jaguars, like a new Jaguar, a new BMW sedan. Like they're the fucking lost leaders in depreciation. So I'm, you know, yeah, Range Rover I, all the way, baby. I don't give a fuck how cool it is. Like I'm not doing that shit. Um, that dude, Pasha, any races coming up, Jeff? Uh, potentially we're doing lemons, Thunderhill in, uh, May, but I haven't had any updates on the car because, been a lot of snow and the co-owner of the car has been just skiing and snowboarding um and if that doesn't happen we would definitely be in for button willow in the fall but i'm hoping thunder hill in may so i don't know uh rob drive slow my e92 my e92 m3 is being stupid again should i just sell it and buy a miata um i mean that's a very different car so yeah it's kind of i don't know man hard to go go back yeah. from that high revving naturally aspirated v8 but like right. is is the motor the problem do you have like rod bearing issues like what what stupid how like do you have trans issues or is it just like interior electronics and shit like that's right you'd, you'd be better off i mean if you were gonna sell it to get something different you'd be better off buying like a mustang to be honest sure it'd be closer to your e92 m3 yeah. um, i mean miatas are great but it's just a such and if you're looking for a big change Go for it. Have fun. Right. I love the RFs, you know, right. with the folding roof. Um, those things are awesome. Um, but um, it's just a dramatically different car. So, yeah. Pretty cool projects. Being By being forced down the turbo route, is Honda going to lose its soul? Um, I don't think so because the cars still have a certain style to them. The interiors are built a certain way. They're still like a – just a quirky – like as far as Japan goes, quirky – like there's just enough quirkiness to keep them still a Honda, still fun, still still good. I would say the cars are better than ever right now in terms of just like if you wanted like a competent daily machine from a regular Civic on up to the Type R, um, you know um, the yeah. I mean they're they're just they're just good cars. So I think that's never going to change. And the stuff they can do with turbo engines is is fantastic. I mean yeah, the VTEC naturally aspirated VTEC stuff is fun. Um, but that's not where the world's going. So I, I don't think that they're losing their soul. It's just a, a, a new, they're turning the page and it's still, you're still reading from the book of Honda. You're just in a different right. chapter. I mean, cars just are inherently heavier and more packed yeah. with technology. So you kind of have to compensate with, with turbocharging. Like, you know, they're still free revving, like high strung, like fun to drive. But yeah, I mean. Yeah. That, we're not dealing with 2,600 pound civics anymore. And, exactly. S two thousands. Mine Coffee Clutch asks if you had to buy a wagon, what would you buy and why? And I know why he's asking is because he has an RS six, um, <laughs> which I've been, motherfucker you've been enjoying. Um, and I like the RS six. I think it's a, a wonderful choice. It's not the one I'd buy. Nope. Um, I would buy. I would be torn. I constantly bounce between the Porsche and the Mercedes, and you catch me on a. You could catch me the same day, an hour apart, and I would have a different answer for you. Um, but for me, it's a one-two between the Porsche 
and the Mercedes. And sometimes I'm like, man, that E63 is it. That's the one that is the jam. And then I'm like, but that Porsche is a 911 with room for everyone. Sure. Um, and then if you scale it back, I really like that V60 Polestar I drove. Um, cool. That thing was yeah. that thing was fucking it's awesome. It's so nice. Oh, it's so good. Um, and I, I would... love gold coloring. So you know right. the brakes and yeah. Oh, fuck. What would you do? Two words: drift mode. It has to be E63. Okay. Like like the the RS6. Like I think it's just so. We've covered this before, but I think the RS6 yeah. is just like bloated. It's too big. It's basically yeah. like an SUV lowered, and the E sixty three. I don't know. I think I think it's better looking, but also the fact that you can you know defeat all wheel drive and fucking drift that bitch is just the fucking coolest thing ever. Yeah, it, I mean it's it's yeah. I mean you're not wrong. See, I mean that's a great argument, and and I'm always been a Benz fan. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, you're not wrong. Uh. Mr. Steele, your dog says, have me on. It's not a question, though. Um, and then he also says, how do you feel about the Meteor? I'm assuming you're talking about that Crown Vic in Scandinavia that has, like, the the radial engine swap. Um, it's radial engine or a tank engine or something like that. Um, it's awesome. I think it's one of the coolest fucking things ever, and I've been following it since they started working on it. If that's the car you're talking about, yeah. Well, I'll, show, I'll send you a link after if you haven't seen it. Robert. Please, yeah. Um, Evan J. Cruz asks, how's Ron's Lincoln project going? And we actually got a pretty good answer on that. Yep. Yep. So, in in case you only tune in for the the question answer period, <laughs> God, God, Godzilla swap. No, there's is, three is, people is, left. They're all gone. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Godzilla swap. That's the plan. Yeah. Um. I feel like have these people ask questions and and just respond to my Instagram and don't listen to the podcast. <laughs> um. Mystic Negro asks, "How many guitars have Yo! you, got? Jeff? Come on, pull the trigger." Um, it's, it's funny cause uh, he and I message back and forth all the time. Cause I have so many so guitar do, questions for him. So do I. Cause he has like, he has like 30, 40 guitars. No and shit. I, yeah. He's, he's like, he said, you know how some people keep cars. He's kept every guitar he's owned since high school or something like that. That's amazing. Yeah. And so he's got that. tons of shit. Um, and, uh, so I, I, we're, I'm constantly like sending him guitar memes now cause I get them <laughs> and like, uh, just asking him questions and I have not purchased a guitar of my own i'm still playing the one that my friend derek let me borrow which is awesome and i like it but yes there are things i'm seeing that i want to get so hopefully soon i have my eye on the um there's a an epiphone less gibbs or epiphone less paul sorry epiphone less paul finished in koa wood which is like one of the most beautiful things i've ever seen because i didn't know you could get koa wood on a guitar which is like a real nice light hawaiian wood and then I also, I want, so I want to get that as an electric and then I'm not sure what I want for an acoustic. I I'm all over the place there and it's not as big a deal to me on that side of things. So there you go. Guitar answer. Taylor three, five, six Delta booked for trip from Boston to LA next month. Chances I get the Delta one upgrade. It's not as good as you think, uh, on a domestic flight. Uh, I'm going to yeah. say that I'm going to sound like, I'm going to sound like a snob. Have you sat in it, Ron? Yeah. No, I have not, but I just like, I've, I've heard the same. So I don't um, know, like I'm looking forward to my, my fucking, you know, companion upgrade, but I haven't planned a trip and I have no idea who I'm going to take, like where we're going to go. Right. So, you know, it's just like, that's like my, I got to do something. Yeah. Go somewhere on the East coast to take full advantage of this. Yeah. I didn't use mine last year. I don't, I don't even think about it, which is stupid. Um, Shoot, I should, I'm going to a wedding at the end of the month. I should have used it for that. Motherfucker. <laughs> um, so, um, yeah, it's, I mean, your chances are, are I don't know what your status is. It's, that's yeah. all dependent. It's not that exciting of a seat. It's obviously better than everything behind it in the plane. <laughs> but if you've fun. been in business class going overseas, it makes Delta One domestic, you know, look like Europe's economy plus. Um right. This is a douchey conversation, but whatever. <laughs> Dissonant Smithing. Dissonant Smithing asks, field trip to the Benz Restoration Garage at the LBC Airport? Yeah, always down. If you're in town, we Where? will go. And I can, Where is um, it? So Benz Classic Center moved from five minutes down from me to right near um, Long Beach Airport. Oh, no shit. Yeah. They I literally like may used have to talked be, about this. They literally used, literally used to be like three blocks from me, and then no they shit. moved to right near Long Beach Airport. Um, but yeah, if you're in, how do we get in, there? in town, I can get us in. Okay. I'm confident in that. Come on, Chuck. Uh, 
<laughs> yeah, get get out here. Um, Daniel Robert Derue, who thank you for all your guitar advice, uh, which I brought up without naming you last week. Kia EV9 thoughts, big and boxy are back in style. Not sure the sp four spoke rims work. I think it looks rad as hell. I mean, it's like they made a futuristic electric Telluride mm -hmm. and the reaction to the Telluride has been amazing for Kia. So hopefully it continues into the electrified side, even though it's going to be you know, expensive because it's an a, essentially a futuristic electric Telluride. I think it looks fucking dope though. Kia's crushing it right mm -hmm. now. <laughs> yeah. Kia, Hyundai Genesis, all fucking like, I feel like there's very few losers in that group, but the, I want to say the Elantra and the EV6 are the only ones that I'm not like. See, I love the EV6. On board with, like, it's just. The proportions are goofy. Like <clears throat> the details are nice, but the proportions are goofy to me personally. But right. everything else like makes up for it, and <clears throat> I think they are fucking crushing it overall. And I feel like I feel like if there's something on the Kia side that you like less, the Hyundai version might be more appealing to you. Exactly. Like, exactly. Like, That's what I'm saying. I, you know. Yeah. So, totally. Um. So there, there. I'm trying to get my dad to go test drive uh, Genesis's because he's like, uh, I, I can afford something. Side? fancy right now i'm like go to a genesis dealership and have your mind blown oh, so yeah. you might go do it I, I've, I've been telling me. i've been telling my friends that are shopping for cars for the last five years look at key and genesis and they all look at me like i'm a fucking asshole and i'm like yeah. all right don't ask me for my fucking opinion because i'm telling you like you're going within five years kia hyundai genesis are going to surpass toyota and honda as far as design as far as content you know price point like that's where they're past the design wise they're past them design no no for sure that's what i'm saying but i'm yeah. saying i was oh, having these conversations five years ago gotta, gotta, and my gotta, friends gotta, are like gotta. looking at me like i'm a fucking idiot and i'm just like well why did you why did you ask my opinion like obviously you know i'm informed i have you know right some like bearing you know, of, you know of goes, industry though. and where it's going yeah like yeah, you know how it goes though they just want their own opinion validated yes, exactly exactly but no my my dad is getting out of a kia seltos which he's over i don't even know what that is I've never it's heard like a compact crossover it's nothing special um and but it served him well but he moved from boston to florida and he's he's like i gotta get something he's a single 62 year old he's like i gotta get something cool and i'm like just go get a genesis like i know you know you're not a you can't afford Porsches and that shit. Good. Like, Good. even though I sent him some Macan, you used Macans for like fifty or something like that. You should buy your brother's Corvette. <laughs> yeah, he, my brother let him drive it, and it blew his fucking mind. <laughs> <laughs> um, another one from Daniel Robert Deru. Uh, follow up question: Have four spoke rim designs ever worked? Mini JCW, maybe. I'm glad he came back to that because I was, I was like, ah, I don't want to let that question go. I want to talk about four spoke wheels. Four spoke wheels are the fucking worst. Like. Four, four lug, four. I love three spoke wheels. Three spoke and six spoke are my fucking sweet spot. I love a fucking six spoke wheel. I love a three spoke wheel. Obviously, five spokes are just like the industry standard. I fucking can't stand a four spoke wheel. Like, it's just like to me, like in motion, it looks unbalanced and like, you know, it's like all I can ever think of is the Cavalier Z24. Like that fucking almost like pixelated square, like it's just squares the within square, yeah. a circle. Like that yeah. shit just sparkle, sparkle. It just haunts me. Like I hate four spoke wheels, and I don't care if you have four lugs. Like just you can design around a mismatch of lug pattern and spoke pattern, right? Like it's not ideal, but like there's easy ways to conceal. Like us, for example, like. A Viper or a, a first gen CTSV were six lug, right? I have no idea why the fucking CTSV was six lug, but anyway, like it made was it running like GMC Sierra axles or something. No, it wasn't like you know, maybe Trailblazer. Like, I don't know, like, I don't know what was contemporary at the time that was fucking six lug, like, it just never made any sense. And then the uh, I maybe think... it was just like Escalade. Some Escalade. It's not part. a joke because it's it's six on one third. Escalade and like GM trucks and SUVs forever, forever, ever, ever have been six on one thirty nine point seven millimeters. the The CTSV is six on one fourteen. It's not. It has nothing to do with Escalade. It has nothing to do with anything else. So even now that I'm saying it out loud, like it's not even. It doesn't even have anything to do with the Trailblazer. Like I don't. I have no idea why they did that. 
like that was a European chassis. It was like an Opel chassis that uh, oh. that, that car was based on. So I like, but the, it, it's specific to the CTSV, and it's just maddening. It still pisses me off to this day because they made that choice. Could it be it's, something Australian too? I don't think so. Like that, mm. they didn't sell Cadillac in Australia, as far as I know. Yeah, but maybe it's like it's like some maybe no, it's like Commodore. No, Axel all stuff. the all the Holdens and all that shit. Five look, everything five look. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like it doesn't make any sense. Like it it would make sense if it was a parts bin decision, but it's not. Right, like, right. Like even like I think the uh, I even think the STSV was six look. I have to think about that. Or maybe it was. I always forget X, about that car. Or maybe it was the XLRV. One of another one of them was six lug, and like for a while, like we were working with like the company that I was working at was working with this company D three, which was like a oh yeah, yeah. A, actually Long Beach based uh, Cadillac tuner, and they were working directly with Cadillac. So we were working to like make six spoke wheels and make like a full tuning program with wheels and like body kits and all this shit and. I thought I'd fucking like had the best idea ever because those cars had such high offset. They, the fitment sucked. I was like, dude, we need to come up with a fender flare package and a five lug conversion or a line of six spoke, six lug wheels to like, you know, like blend this design, make it seamless. Like that, that was just maddening. But was it a, was it a, a a black dude who owned that company? Yeah. Yeah. It was. Yeah. James, James and James Gill. I forgot his dad's name, but did he have a coupe? Which coupe? CTSV coupe. Oh yeah, the fucking crazy wide body coupe with the big ass GT wing. I think wing. I saw it at um like the original Irvine Cars and Coffee. He rode oh, yeah. like with his wild Cadillac. I think was I was it was it white or was it white or matte black? Because they did two crazy wide bodies. I feel like white. It might have been. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. think I met that guy. <laughs> yeah, they were good, good people, and like you know they they had great ideas. I don't know. The company folded at some point. I'm not sure when, but uh, they were good dudes, and um, I loved working with them. And you know, Cadillac is my favorite brand historically because it's my family's favorite brand. My grandfather owned like 22 Cadillacs in his lifetime. My dad had a bunch of Cadillacs. Like I'm, I'm genetically predisposed to liking Cadillacs and chicken. <laughs> but <laughs> anyway. <laughs> It was uh, it was cool working with them. Some guy but, who only uh, listens to the podcast right now is like, "Wait a minute, wait a minute, is Ron Black?" <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! But yeah, um, four spoke wheels. Fuck them. Uh, I can't think of any I like, but I hate. There was like some uh, Lolas and like you know what what is the the new oh the race car ones yeah yeah, yeah. the I new hate, rebrand uh, I don't like three spokes I hate three spokes man fucking hate them no man never like them I'd rather have a set of Renault Bears on a get, car than a set of three spokes get some imbalance in your life there's nothing better than the look of like a chrome three spoke especially <laughs> just like it just it looks so weird and worse, wrong and it's just it's that weird like there's a two spoke. Just like some kind of crazy two spoke out. There. Oh, I, I, that was, I, I was, my first job in the automotive aftermarket was at a Rally Alloy Wheels, and that wheel was called the Assassin. It was a two spoke, <laughs> like yin yang looking wheel. Yeah, 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 yeah. And like it flipped harder than anything on the planet. Like just the like reflections of that thing going down the street were just mind blowing. It was like, it was as weird looking and as like just off putting and like, like nothing nothing got a gut reaction like spinners other than the Aureli Assassin. Like that wheel was yeah. so fucking popular. I sold that. Yeah, remember when spinners came everything. out? Oh yeah. That was the most I do. mind-blowing shit. LA oh. Auto Show, Spreewell Motorsports had an E-class had an That's E-class, right. had an E-class wagon with 20-inch spinners. They may have been 19s, but they just had a display and they had like a plexiglass stand like plexiglass like like just plate in front of the wheel so that you couldn't put your fingers in and fucking and they just sat there and like they showed a video on a tv a cathode ray tv this was before flat screens even at the la auto show they just had a crt tv with a video of that fucking bins pulling up to a stoplight and the wheels continuing to spin everybody was just like what 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 yeah 
Yeah, no, that's that's I can't I can't believe I forgot Spreewell I, Motorsports. I totally yeah. forgot about that. I, I don't. What I don't is Latrell Spreewell doing? Is I don't know. I don't know. Jesus, that was is actually a successful business. Yeah, I think he is. But I gotta know. Google Latrell Spreewell. Um, yeah, that's uh, crazy. Yeah, he's not that old. Uh, I, he, I'm, <laughs> yeah, a bit crazy. He but I want to from public view. Yeah, I wish uh, I wish he still did Spreewell Motorsports. Um, I don't know. The last thing it says in his Wikipedia is that in 2011 he owed the state of Wisconsin three and a half million in unpaid taxes. So. Yeah, he might be in jail. <laughs> oh shit! Be what up. a way to! Uh, I gotta like tag the title of this now because which is gonna be something about Spreewell Motorsports because that shit is great. Um, but I will do it after if I remember. Um, thank you all for listening uh, and asking questions and watching. If you're watching, indeed, um, we'll be back next week. I think we're doing pretty good. Maybe, in a row. maybe. Oh, um, I can try and do this on the road. I'm going to be on. Oh the yeah, road you're, no, you know what? <laughs> I, I, Josh wants to come on. Um, all right, and then there's, there's a couple other people who might want to come on. So maybe I'll just get a guest for next week. Um, Fuck me. So we'll try to keep it going. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Adios. Oh, my God.